0: Thank you. So Philip Melanchthon, the best friend or closest friend of Martin Luther. We're going to learn the idea of admiration. But before we learn his life, let's do what is most important. And that is go to the scriptures. 1 Samuel 20. Let's go to 1 Samuel 20 and verse 17. We're going to look at... Jonathan is an excellent example because Jonathan helped his friend succeed and he did not envy his friend. He admired his friend, he outdid his friend in showing honor. 1 Samuel 20 17. And Jonathan made David swear. Again by his love for him. For he loved him. As he loved. His own soul. Well let's look at the life of Philip Melanchthon. Melanchthon was born. In Germany. To religious parents. On February 16th. 1497, 12 years before John Calvin, God gave Melanchthon a brilliant mind and a thirst for knowledge. It was just a gift that God had given him. He was brilliant. And even as a boy, he used to stop travelers in the marketplace to ask them questions. He graduated with a master's degree at age 17 and could speak and write in Greek and Latin better than his native German. He remained humble despite his special gifts and would join Luther as the leader of the German Reformation, where he became known as the teacher of Germany. And that phrase is important the teacher, because he really wasn't a preacher. He wasn't a pastor, he didn't preach from the pulpit, he was the teacher of Germany. That's how he was gifted. Have you ever met some men who are just more gifted at teaching, others at preaching, others at evangelizing, others at administration, others at music? God has given so many different gifts. Well, his fame as a teacher and author spread quickly throughout Germany. At just 21 years old, he became a professor of Greek in Wittenberg. Well, what do you know? There's another famous man from Wittenberg, and his name was Martin Luther. This is where Martin Luther had nailed his 95 theses just 10 months earlier. So things are happening all at once. He nails his 95 theses. People are excited. It's translating the languages. Young people are especially excited. And here comes Philip Melanchthon. Well, Melanchthon taught his students for several hours a day on topics like ethics, philosophy, language, and various books of the Bible. He was a master at ancient languages and believed it was crucial to know Greek and Hebrew, calling them the clothing in which baby Jesus was born. Luther called the biblical languages the sheath that held the sword of the Spirit. You can just tell their different personalities in the way they compared the scriptures. Melanchthon, it's the clothing that Jesus was born in. Luther, it's the sheath for the sword. Well, Melanchthon instantly became the most popular teacher at the school. He loved his students. And he excelled at teaching them how to use the scriptures to improve their minds. That's what I love so much. He didn't just teach. It always went back to what? The Bible. The Bible. The Bible. The Bible. He couldn't tell a story without going to the scriptures. He couldn't teach a language without going to the scriptures. He couldn't talk about ethics or logic without going to the scriptures. In fact, his first address to the student body came four days after arriving at the school. And the title was, The Improvement of the Studies of Youth. Where he argued that the improvement of our minds through scripture should lead to the improvement in our character. Students and princes heard about Melanchthon from all over Europe. They came to hear him teach. Sometimes he had as many as 11 different languages sit with him at his table. I don't think we have 11 here, but we do have several. Well, Melanchthon had four children with his wife named Katharina, Katharina, the same name as Luther's wife, whom he married at age 23. Like her husband, she loved the printed page she was often seen rocking the cradle with one hand and holding a book with the other. When she died 37 years later, Philip looked to heaven and said, farewell, I shall see you soon. Their home was always filled with company. Only the... Luther House attracted more guests. In fact, Martin and Philip were neighbors. With only a garden separating their houses, one can imagine the arguments, laughter, and encouragements they shared beneath the shade tree beside their homes. Can you just imagine? The kids are in bed. Everything's quiet. And here comes Philip and Martin. Meeting in between their homes, underneath the shade tree, arguing about theology. Melanchthon's friendship was exactly what Luther needed amidst his trials and persecutions from the church. These men were lifelong companions and the dearest of friends. Like Latimer and Ridley that were burned together in England. Like Calvin like and Beza that supported each other in Switzerland, like like Wesley and Whitfield, that wrote each other during the Great Awakening. Melanchthon said he would rather die than be separated from Luther. He said, Martin's welfare is dearer to me than my own life. What makes their friendship so stunning is how different they were from each other. And I compiled six examples. There are many. But for your benefit, I put together six ways that they were different. First, they were different in age. Melanchthon was 14 years younger than Luther. Martin Luther was his mentor. And yet Luther saw Melanchthon as his superior in learning and was happy to sit underneath his teaching. Luther even published some of Melanchthon's writings without Philip knowing about it. Second, they were different in personality. Melanchthon was small, not handsome, shy, and somewhat fearful. Luther was thick like an ox. Melanchthon was studious, careful, and quiet. Luther was a man of the people. Funny, strong, and blunt. Blessed are the peacemakers, describes Melanchthon. I have fought a good fight, describes Luther. Third, They were different in upbringing. Melanchthon was from the south of Germany. Luther was from the north. Melanchthon's parents were well-to-do. His father made weapons for the king. And his mother was the daughter of a wealthy businessman. Luther's father was a simple copper miner. Melanchthon studied carefully in his youth while Luther endured many trials as a monk before he came to Christ. Fourth. Fourth. They were different in gifting. They were different in gifting. Melanchthon was gentle like a breeze in a meadow or a stream through the forest. Luther was strong and loud like whitewater rapids. Melanchthon was compassionate like the Apostle John. Luther was fearless like Saint Paul. Melanchthon was a man of peace. Luther was a man of battle. Melanchthon's writings used careful arguments. Luther's books sounded like cannon fire in combat. Melanchthon never entered the pulpit, but was a lifelong teacher. Luther was created to preach, and yet there was no jealousy among them, nor did they envy each other's gifts. Luther wrote, I prefer the books of Master Philippus to my own. I am rough boisterous, stormy, and altogether warlike. I am born to fight against innumerable monsters and devils. I must remove stumps and stones, cut away thistles and thorns, and clear the wild forests. But Master Philip comes along softly and gently sowing and watering with joy according to the gifts which God has abundantly bestowed upon him. Finally, sixth, they were different in their weaknesses. Once when Luther was overcome with anger, Melanchthon said to him, master your passions, For you have so easily mastered everything else. Luther would rarely compromise and sometimes his mere presence would so increase the tension in the room that they would send Melanchthon to speak in his place. Melanchthon was somewhat fearful and lacking in courage. He needed Luther to snap him out of his tendency to doubt, fear man and seek peace too quickly. They helped each other advance the good news of Christ. Without Luther, Melanchthon could not have taken the truth to the common man. And without Melanchthon, Luther could not have easily reached the university. Their friendship worked because they agreed on the most important thing, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. God used their differing gifts perfectly. Luther to cut the blocks and lay the foundation and Melanchthon to build upon it a palace. Well, we began by looking at First Samuel 20. I have a good friend here today, Bodhisattva. And we have another great example here between David and Jonathan. David and Jonathan may be the greatest example of friendship in the Bible. Jonathan's friendship with with David was remarkable in three ways. Let me give you, pull out three ways from this passage that made their friendship so remarkable. First, both David and Jonathan were strong men. This often causes conflict in relationships. Everyone knows that David was the warrior that killed a bear. He killed a lion, and he killed Goliath. But Jonathan wasn't a wimp. Jonathan was strong too, 2 Samuel one twenty three. In fact, the Bible says he was skilled in archery, and he was skilled in slinging. That's a slingshot. 1 Chronicles 12.2. In fact, the Bible says once he climbed a rocky cliff that was so high, most thought it was impossible to scale in order to defeat the Philistines, 1 Samuel 14, but he scaled it. Later, he did his duty by dying in battle with his father. Jonathan was a strong man. They both were strong men. Amazing. Two strong men having such a remarkable friendship. Second, Jonathan was happy when David advanced. He wasn't jealous. Even though he was supposed to be the next king, he knew David had been chosen instead, 1 Samuel 20, 15. Instead of seeking David's demise, Jonathan pushed him forward. They sought to outdo one another in showing honor, Romans 12, 10. After Jonathan's death, David continued the friendship by caring for his lame son, Mephibosheth. And then finally, third, they were loyal to each other. Even when Jonathan's father sought to kill David, Jonathan could have said, I hope this goes through so I'm the next king. No. Jonathan mediated to bring peace. These kinds of friends are rare, as Proverbs 18.24 tells us. Well, who's the greatest example of friendship? Friendship. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, loved sinners by giving himself up for them, Ephesians 5.2. Even more remarkable is that Jesus died for sinners while they were his enemies and in rebellion against him. John 15.13 says that Jesus Christ is the greatest friend Of sinners. Philip Melanchthon. What a story.